This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. It's good to be with you this morning. Good to spend time studying God's word, give you a little insights into, into what we're doing. We study, we're studying through the book of Genesis. We go verse by verse. And that's the whole point of the Bible study is to, is to study the whole Bible verse by verse and get to the, get to the place where we're looking at everything and being able to see everything and know everything and grow through everything. As we study through the word each morning, we just look at it. And we try to allow scripture to interpret scripture. What does that mean? We try to find where in scripture something similar is going on, something that is important is going on, and and allow that scripture to shed light on what we're studying. And uh, we're doing that this morning uh, because we're in a passage where, and I always try to before I, I teach to make sure that I'm looking back, especially historically, at a lot of the commentaries of the past, and then some of the ideas from from some modern day theologians, and and make sure that I am dealing with the scriptures correctly and properly, and especially looking at, looking at what they say, so that I'm not straying too far from fundamental Christianity and the fundamental teachings of the faith, and <clears throat> making sure that that I'm seeing all the angles that I possibly can. And this is one of those passages where Abraham is making a covenant with God and the covenant with God, and you need to understand uh, it is the Lord God he's making the covenant with. He's making the covenant with Jesus. And you go, what's the difference? Well, there's not a difference in the sense that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all God, but they're God in three persons. God presenting himself in three persons, just like you are three different, your three different aspects to you, your body, soul, and spirit. Your soul is your is your heart and your mind, your passions and your intellect. Your body is your physical manifestation. It's you out there in the world. And then your spirit is the spiritual, eternal aspect of you, the part of you that can connect with God. And that is given to you in the new birth. Just like we're body, soul, and spirit, so also God is a tripart being. He made us in his image, and we're tripart beings. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God, when he deals with the earth, when he deals with us as human beings, when he deals with his creation, he deals with that through his son, who is the physical manifestation of him, and through his Holy Spirit, which is his power and his eternality in the earth. And when God is dealing with us and making covenants, as you see in the Bible, when God makes a covenant with someone, it's always it's always God the Son that's making the covenant. He is ultimately He is ultimately the final covenant, the fulfillment of all the covenants. Jesus's covenant, which He made with humanity on the cross, and notice that is a covenant relationship because He shed His life and gave His life for us, and we're to take up our cross and follow Him. It's a life giving and a life receiving relationship. And Jesus, for the Jews and for his church, he is, and the Jews are his children or his people, and the church is his bride. 
He is what in the Old Testament we've been studying on Wednesday night a lot with the book of Ruth and the book of the Revelation. He is our Goel. And you go, that is a weird word. And it is a weird word because most Hebrew words we can't pr pronounce. It's so hard to pronounce them. But the Goel is something that we, uh, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it absolutely correct, tell you the truth according to the Hebrew. But Goel is what he is. And uh, he functions in that role in in the earth. He functions in that role with his people. In regard to his people and in the covenant that he's made with us, he is our Goel. And, that, and a Goel has two aspects to him. There's the kinsman redeemer, and there is the avenger of blood. There's the one who avenges us, the one who is our avenger. We don't have to avenge ourselves. We don't have to fight for ourselves. God fights for us. So he is our avenger of blood, and he is our kinsman redeemer, which means he's the one who is has relationship with us. He's actually kin to us, and he redeems us. And you go, well, how is Jesus kin to us? He came in the form of a man. And so he is like us. He is the second Adam, as Hebrews would say, as the book of Hebrews would say. He is like us. He's like to us. He's the second Adam, and he's our Goel. And here, in the for the first time, Jesus is showing himself that as he makes the covenant with Abraham. He passes through the sacrifice that Abraham made, and we talked about those sacrifices last week, the sacrifice of being in charge of the ram, the sacrifice of the heifer, which is the sacrifice of his flesh. And the sacrifice of his goat, which is the scapegoat, placing his sacrifice on Jesus. <clears throat> he becomes that. And then also his spiritual, the spiritual, not only the physical, but the spiritual with the two, with the two birds that were sacrificed. And so there's a picture there of a complete sacrifice being made, a complete sacrifice, a whole sacrifice. It's really a picture of Jesus's complete sacrifice. He, his sacrifice was both for the physical and the spiritual. Uh, Gnosticism teaches that his sacrifice was only for the physical. The spiritual and physical are totally separate. But we know, scripturally speaking, that's not true. We know that, that Jesus' sacrifice is both for the physical and the spiritual. His redemption is both for the physical and the spiritual. And when you're studying God's word, you need to understand that's one of those things you can go down that path and try to begin to separate those things out. And you do need to separate them out in the sense that they're that there are different aspects or different works of God as he works through things, but as he does his work in our lives, but they're not separate in that Jesus was both a, a physical being on the earth and a spiritual being on the earth. He had a spirit and he had a body. And as we read through, as we see this, and it came to pass when the sun went down, and that's a picture of entering into darkness and sin. And this covenant's being made in darkness and sin. In fact, all the covenants God has made with us were because of darkness and sin. Is the Adamic covenant God made with Adam is a covenant that he made after Adam uh, ate of the fruit of the tree. We've got the Noahic covenant when, when God is not going to contend with human humanity on the flesh of the earth anymore, and he's going to destroy all flesh and start anew with Noah. That's the Noahic covenant that's found in darkness. The Davidic covenant is a covenant understanding that man is separated from God and a promise that he's going to come and make a final end to it all. you got the Mosaic Covenant where God says these things are sin, this is sin in the world, and this is the law. And as you go through the covenants, each and every one of them, they, are, they start in darkness with man in darkness. And so also this covenant is. And the covenant is for the purpose of bringing hope and light. And it says, when the sun went down and it was dark, that behold, there appeared a smoking oven, and that smoke is always a picture of the results of God's judgment, 
and the oven is where the smoke is coming from. So that is the source of God's judgment. So whenever you see smoke or fire, that's the judgment of God uh, on the earth or the destruction of that which is evil. And the oven is is a picture of God's judgment. It is the oven. And then you also got the burning torch, which is the source of light. It is it's the giving of life and hope and and connection with God. And so if you'll look at that and you'll think about it, so you've got the, the you've got God presenting himself in two different ways. You've got God presenting himself as judge, as the judge and the one who who is burning against sin. And then you've got the one you've got God as light and hope and and uh, light in darkness. Now put both of those together. What are, what is that? That's Jesus presenting Himself for the very first time as the go. He is the Avenger of blood. He is the Avenger of sin. He is the uh, He's the one who brings about God's judgment on sin in the earth. And what is He? He's our kinsman redeemer. And so you have the smoking oven that is a picture of God's judgment. And you've got the burning torch, which is a picture of God's redemption that he is bringing about and bringing about hope and life through. So if you'll see, you've got, you got, the, you got the, the kinsman redeemer and you've got the avenger of blood. And so right here in this picture, in, here in this picture of this covenant that he's making with Abraham, this relationship that is not just a physical relationship. Remember, a covenant's not just a physical contract, it's a spiritual contract. A covenant is a contract between two parties that has a spiritual and has an eternal nature to it. That's why we call marriage a covenant relationship, because it is a physical relationship that is between a husband, a man and a wife, a man and a woman. And it is a, and only that in scripture, by the way, and it is a, there, no, no other way. And it is a, it is a eternal practice, a spiritual relationship. And it's a spiritual relationship that lasts beyond, beyond our time on the earth. It is a covenant we make with one another. We have a covenant relationship as the bride of Christ with, with uh, Jesus. And we are all, when we're, to, when we're together worshiping, we're all the bride and we're celebrating that covenant relationship with Jesus and his redemption of us from sin and his atoning sacrifice for us through sin. And so you can see that that kinsman redeemer, Jesus came and as a, in the form of a man and he took on sin and he took on death and he defeated both and he judged both as the avenger of blood. And then he brought about light and life. So also you see the burning torch that passes between those pieces. We'll notice it passes through the sacrifice. The sacrifice is the gateway to that covenant relationship. There has to be a sacrifice in order for there to be a covenant relationship. There has to be the shedding of blood in order for there to be a covenant relationship. And, and when we even see that in the marital relationship, the first, the first time there is a relationship there between the two, there is the shedding of blood. There, that's a picture. That's God giving us a physical picture of this relationship. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or there is no payment for sin. And you see the kinsman redeemer right there? I do. You see the avenger of blood there? I do. And it's the goal. He said, it says, on that same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying, your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt. That's from the Nile River. That's farther than the land is right now. Although the, the Jews during the six day war were prepared to, were preparing to cross over the Nile River 
and uh, take Cairo before the United Nations stepped in. And then they backed up back to across the, uh, the uh, it's not the Persian Gulf, it's the Red Sea. They came back across the Red Sea and the Suez Canal, but the Jews actually have occupied the land all the way to the Great River Nile in Egypt. And it says, it says that they have the land from the River Nile in Egypt all the way to the River Euphrates, and that's all the way into Iraq and Syria. And it says, he says, so from all the way from the from the Nile, all the way to the great river Euphrates, that's a lot of land that, that Israel has not possessed, although they possessed the Sinai Peninsula and gave it back to Egypt as part of the peace deal that they made with Egypt after the, after the Six-Day War. It says he gave them the land of the Canaanites, the Kenizzites, the Ammonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the, the Rephaim, the Amorites and the Canaanites, the Girgashites and the Jebusites. Notice uh, uh, everybody has ites on the end of their name, and that's why I always call them, if you ever hear me saying, all those ites, that's who they are. It's the, all those ites out there, and uh, he is giving them he is giving them this land, and he's giving them this, uh, this, uh, their portion in the covenant relationship with them. And by the way, <clears throat> And this covenant was made. This covenant was made almost almost two thousand years before Jesus. Almost a thousand years before Jesus. Three thousand years ago. That's before Islam. That's seventeen hundred years before Islam. That is that is far before anybody else makes claim to these lands because all these ites really aren't it. They aren't there anymore. And just because they call the land Palestine. And that was the name that the, the Romans gave the area after they had to fight the Jews so many times. It's a slur on, on the nation of Israel and the land of Israel, the promised land. And God's covenant uh, he made with Abraham is his covenant he made with all of Abraham's descendants, both the, the descendants of Abraham's body and the spiritual descendants of Abraham's promise and Abraham's faith. And the New Testament talks about that in Hebrews and Romans. It teaches us about us being grafted in to this covenant. We're, as Gentiles, we're grafted into the covenant by Jesus Christ. And we're a part of the promise of God. We're the bride and Israel is God's people. And we're the bride of Christ. We're the ones who have the close personal relationship with Jesus, that spiritual relationship because of his atoning sacrifice. And then the Jews are, God's got a plan for them. It's a separate plan. It's a different plan. It's a plan that I'm not sure I know. I totally understand because the Bible doesn't totally explain it. Even the apostle Paul doesn't totally explain it, but he does say that there is a separate plan for them. And so <clears throat> understanding that and knowing that we see that this covenant that God made with, with Abraham is an eternal covenant. It's a spiritual covenant. It's a covenant that we benefit from and the Jews benefit from. It's a covenant of both physical land and it's a covenant of um, it's a covenant of spiritual promise of new life and new hope that we walk in today. And it's a foreshadowing of the perfect and final covenant of Jesus Christ. I hope you've enjoyed this Bible study this morning. I've enjoyed being with you. Tomorrow we'll be entering into chapter 16 and we'll be dealing with Ishmael and, and we'll be dealing with, with Abraham struggling with the covenant he has with God, as all of us do. We all struggle with the covenant we have with God. We struggle in that to do right and struggle in that to try to find God's will. Abraham does it just like every human being, absolutely imperfectly, and God figures out a way through it. 
because God already knows that you're not going to walk in your covenant with him perfectly. He's in the business of having you glorify him by walking in that covenant, not perfectly, but that covenant by faith. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name. Amen.